Hello, and welcome to the very first episode of She's On It. My name is Jenna, and I'm going to be your host for this podcast. This podcast will have episodes discussing feminism within the pop culture with the intent or goal to educate, empower, and raise awareness. If you stay tuned, there will be more interesting guests and more interesting conversations. So I hope you stay tuned and enjoy this first episode. So just a couple of days ago, I was reminded of what was the long-awaited Olympics of 2021 after watching some clips on YouTube. So as you know, the Olympics was delayed a year because of COVID. And there, there was a lot of anticipation. So there, it was a hit in most, or if not all of the countries that participated. And I know I was completely captivated by a large portion of these events. So like gymnastics, I was taken aback by Sunisa Lee's performance. And I think we all learned a lesson about self-preservation and grace from Simone Biles. And with the skateboarding section, it, did anyone catch the skateboarding section? Because there were participants as young as 13 years old, middle schoolers. There was a 13-year-old called Sky Brown, and she won an Olympic bronze medal. And for those of you who haven't watched her, I would definitely recommend you watch her, regardless of whether you skateboard or not, because it's really, it's captivating to watch. Um, but there was actually one specific athlete that had me really entranced with her charm and her skill and she's the one that actually inspired me to make this very first episode and that is the archer Ansan from the South Korean team. So Ansan made history with her performance at the Olympics. There were viewers, panelists, and coaches from across the globe who were mesmerized by her skill. She had consistent bullseyes and she had this astounding composure throughout all of the rounds and she received all golds for the women's team the mixed team and the event individual events so it makes her the first archer in olympic history to do so at a single olympic games um, unfortunately some people didn't see her the way that i did um, for those of you who haven't ever seen untine at the olympics um, she has a short haircut. So instead of focusing on her amazing talent, there were haters, or actually they call themselves the anti-feminists of Korea. And they called Ansan out on her short haircut. And so actually just to backtrack a bit, Ansan actually received predominantly positive comments. And she even received a lot of high praise after her very first gold win in the mixed events but that was when she partook with the male partner. Later, she did the women's events and the individual events. And that's when there were a series of posts from Korean online male communities um, with hateful comments. So, I mean, just to read a couple of these, they're really malicious, you know? One of these read, it's good she got gold, but her short haircut makes her seem like she's a feminist. If she is, I withdraw my support because all feminists should die. And there were other ones that, you know, forced her to make a public apology and return all her hard work medals. And, you know, I was really shocked by just the incredulity of these comments. And, you know, even I wanted to come up with like a creative clapback, but Ansan really actually shut them down with her responses. You know, one of them read, 
while you're sending messages in your room driven by your inferiority complex, I'm winning two gold medals at the Olympics. So it was nice to see her stand her ground and not like sink into the hate. Um, but I bring this up because I want to talk about two aspects during this episode. And the first one is I want to hone in on the anti-feminism community in South Korea. So previously, I didn't know this existed. And the more I digged in, the more I researched about it, I, the more I wanted to share. And the second part that I want to focus on is um, the controversy, controversy over hairstyles and whether it's like a feminist impact or a statement. So to start off with the anti-feminism community in South Korea, I mean, the quite ridiculous comments do obviously say something about the relatively conservative society in South Korea, but I do want to note that the country, while it does have its social stigmas, it has been moving forward and it has been progressing if you look at, if you compare it with Korea's history, because there's been an, a large increase in the rights movements. But it is true that the anti-feminism community is pretty present in Korean society. There are a significant number of people in Korea who hold the opinion that anti-feminism is completely reasonable and that feminists are going too far. So there are a countless number of these. And this countless number has um, led to some sort of like, it's become a hindrance to the progress and the transfer improvement. Um, so I wanna bring up, um, and, I, and I say this because of past events. So I wanna bring up a movie that was released two years ago and it's called Kim Ji Young, born in eight, 1982. I don't want to digress, but the movie was essentially um, about a woman in her 30s and she attends this typical or pretty ordinary Korean workplace and um, the movie does a nice job of showing her juggling work life and her family life and it also displays the gender discrimination that she faces. So after the movie was released there were female singers and Korean female singers and actresses who actually showed support for the movie. And it's also a book. So they showed support for both through social media, like Instagram. But interestingly enough, they were targeted by anti-feminists in a similar manner to how Ansan was targeted. Um, the, this community saw the female celebrity support as some sort of a testification that they were victims of gender inequality. And Many members of this community believe that it was because of these movies that women in their 20s and their 30s have formed this unfounded, um, quote unquote, victim mentality of being discriminated against. And I, I mean, it is unfortunate because it is unfortunate, but I, it's, it stems from this deep rooted Confucianism in the country. And that's what I've noticed and I've picked up, but what, what's a great indicator that there's progress being made is that I'm not the only one noticing it. The Korean lawmakers, Korean ministry notices that um, the reason why these, the reason why there's so much, um, reason why the hate still exists, it's because of this deep rooted Confucianism. So 
there are um there have been efforts to try to um i guess in some ways um lose certain aspects of the confucianist mindset so for example um in the past year they try to take certain actions to abolish this um, system called the hoju system and it was where children were registered only under the patriarchal line so in simple terms they were trying to abolish the korean system where the child takes the last name like they're only allowed to take the last name of the father because it's discriminatory so you know to wrap this section up of course it's difficult to make these changes um and to change to change the mindset of we're not changing you know they're not trying to change the mindset of one person it's a society it's a it's a country um it's a huge community so um but i adamantly do believe that despite the backlashes and despite this hate as long as you know um as long as there as long as we hold our ground um I do think that progress can be made because even with this this incident, there was a great deal of controversy. But Antan made history, and she settled the hate with grace, and it left a great mark on Korean citizens. So, um, I do want to I do want to say that um, her her she she made such a great impact and mark on the citizens, and so I think that you know slowly. Um, Korea can also um, progress and also maybe the anti-feminism community will become less hateful. Maybe they'll see things in, different, in a different light. Um, and so now about the hair. To you know, give you guys a brief history on hair, I want you to, um, I want you to envision the life of women in patriarchal societies of the past. So, you know, put in your mind the image where it was considered outrageous for women to wear trousers and shave their heads. Think of the time where if a woman didn't come from money, they needed to at least have the looks to get married. So during this time, there was another one of these requirements, I guess, for women to get married. And that was for them to be healthy. And the indicator that you were a healthy woman was um, the long, luscious locks of hair. So essentially, unmarried women would definitely want, you know, long hair to find a husband and whatnot. But on the other hand, married woman, you would immediately want to take the road of modesty with your hair. So you may have heard of modesty with the types of clothing women were first to wear by society, like, you know, the long skirts or whatever, but there was also the concept of modesty with your hair. So tying your hair up, or if you see nuns, they have these hair coverings sometimes. And so women would put their hair up in hair coverings and it was a means of appearing modest. Um, but, um, these methods of being modest with hair pretty much came to the end, came to an end in the 20s. Um, but I do want to clarify something. By the end of the 20s, women, you know, did what they wanted to do with their hair. They weren't confined to hair coverings and putting their hair up. 
but what didn't die out was the stereotypes. And just to give reference, I'm, a high, I'm currently a high schooler. And even when I was younger, I watched movies and I watched the Disney princess movies. If you look at all of the Disney princesses, they all have long hair. The only exception would be Mulan. But even with Mulan, she had to cut her hair to disguise herself as a man. So the idea that long hair equals womanly qualities was still present in that movie. So in consequence, so in consequence, society has seen women with long hair and short hair differently. And, you know, it's even at the point where it has become gender bias, um, which is when there are judgment calls and decisions being made that affect these indiv affect individuals based on these stereotypes. Um, so what I want to say is that women are already put on the pedestal and ev evaluated so harshly on their appearances. And now they're even, you know, picked on by the way they style their hair. And that takes me off, but I do hope that we can reach a day where we can look at a woman's hair and not think much of it. If it's short hair, we don't have to think that it represents something. If it's short hair, maybe it's because, you know, I hope we come today where we don't have to think about why they have short or long hair. Someone might have short hair because it is more comfortable to have or long hair because they want to braid their hair and it's just because it's something that they like and it's not to make this grand statement and to reach this point like I mentioned before it's going to be a long road but what we need to do is we need to make further efforts to normalize it because when we normalize this we will gradually lose these stereotypes and um, the preconceptions so with this um, I am going to close this episode but I hope you guys enjoyed this this very first episode. Um, if you have any suggestions, comments, or feedback, or if you just want to reach out, check out the information box. Um, and the next episode will feature a close friend of mine, and we're going to uncover some of the hidden feminist messages in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So um, stay tuned. I hope you enjoyed, and um, see you next time. Bye.